listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Friday, the 15th of October, 2021. Australia's international borders will open sooner than expected because New South Wales is allowing Australians to fly into Sydney quarantine-free from November the 1st if they are fully vaccinated. Now, that's helped propel Flight-related shares today, the likes of corporate travel management up 2.7%, Flight Centre 3.8% stronger, Qantas 2%, Webjet added 4.1%. Now, Qantas, as a result, is bringing forward international flights by two weeks to November the 1st to London and Los Angeles, but other destinations like Singapore, Fiji and Vancouver will remain as scheduled at mid-December. However, some additional destinations from Sydney may be brought forward. Virgin Australia, meanwhile, is only flying internationally to Fiji from mid-December, but plans Bali and New Zealand routes next year, and it has extended its fee-free change policy to the end of April. But what does this all mean for flight prices, the airfares? Well, for that and more, I spoke earlier with Steve Huey. He's the Chief Executive at iFlyFlat. So I just did a few sort of random searches. And what I'm seeing right now is the prices to, say, Sydney to London and Qantas business class is not, not too significant compared to even pre-pandemic. So uh, return about $12,000 or $15,000, which is about the price of a peak period in December. But what my expectation is, as travel resumes into early next year, maybe February, March, April, prices will go up a little bit further. Uh, because right now, I think they just want bumps on seats, get everyone flying again. And then soon as they start bringing more planes out to sort of the boneyards in a way, they'll have to start charging higher prices uh, to recover those costs. So these stories and headlines that we've heard about high prices right now, that's not necessarily true? No, I think that sometimes if you're looking for a one-way flight, a one-way flight typically will cost us 70% of a return ticket anyway. So if you had in your mind that a return ticket is X price, hardly anyone pre-pandemic would have bought one-way tickets. So I think it's just the perception that tickets are more expensive. Plus, there might be a, just a little bit of a price increase, uh, but not significant in my mind. Okay, what do you think will happen with points? Yeah, so points, there'd be no changes to freaking fly points and the number of points required to fly uh, during this whole period. So I don't think they're going to make any changes to points for at least a couple of years because they know that so many people have collected points and been using their credit card over time to collect points that I feel it'll be a bit crazy for them to muck around the frequent fly program now until they have travelled well and truly established um, what's your advice to Aussies right now looking to book international flights? I guess, A, there's two categories of them. One, the ones that got families overseas and are desperately trying to see them as soon as possible. And B, you know, that cohort of the Australian leisure travel that wants to, to have a, a European summer, for example. Yeah, I'll say uh, book them now because right now most of the airlines, actually all of them have quite flexible change and cancellation policies. So if you're booking cash, in an event that something happens and, and things change, you'll be able to cancel and probably get your money back. Uh, in terms of points-wise, points, you could have always cancelled up to 24 hours before departure and got your points and taxes back anyway. So in terms of booking your points, 
if you can find a seat that you want, you should just book it and don't think about it because next time around when you come back, that seat will be long gone. Steve Huey there from iFlyFlat. Now, the Australian share market rose 0.7%, 7,362 on the S&P ASX 200. For some analysis on that and the reaction by travel stocks, I spoke earlier with Comsec's Stephen Daglian. Well, look, a decent day for, for most of the session on the Aussie market. We've had two straight days of improvements uh, uh, overall. But um, look, I think what really helped our market today is the fact that we had a positive lead from Wall Street, which was up by close to 2% last night. So over the past couple of days, we've had the profit reporting season kicking off in the United States. This is uh, something that happens every three months. And this week really was dominated by the major American banks releasing their numbers. So markets were a bit cautious in the early part of the week partly ahead of this and uh, numbers have generally come in uh, and have been well received with uh, with better than expected uh, outcomes uh, for the most part. Uh, gains across the board as well in the Aussie market for most of the session but we've also had markets around Asia doing well and uh, the US market also seems set at the moment for a better start as, uh, as well. Something to keep in mind though is Monday to Wednesday the Aussie market did get off to quite a, a rough start so we haven't exactly been shooting the lights out and there's still a lack of enthusiasm in markets. Comsec put out an interesting note a few weeks ago detailing the wall of worry concerning investors about the global economy and the implications for the share market. But how far up that wall have we climbed? I think well, it's been an interesting ride for the market because in the middle of August, the, the Aussie market hit, uh, hit a record high. We went on an 11-month winning streak from October last year through to August this year. And then in September, the market basically took a bit of a break from all the improvements. I mean, we had a significant decline of 3%. But the last time we had that type of winning streak was 78 years ago. You had to go back all the way to 1943. So it was bound to happen eventually. And what we've basically seen since then is a, a, whole, uh, ish, a whole number of different issues, I think, which hit markets simultaneously from iron ore prices falling by about 25% in just one month. That was the reason why in the past, Last month, some of the worst performers were iron ore producers uh, like Fortescue Metals, for example. And then, of course, then we had an energy crisis in the Northern Hemisphere. That really pushed oil prices to seven-year highs, uh, LNG prices higher, gas prices uh, rose, coal prices hit record highs as well. So that's been helpful for some areas of the market. But for the most part, what it's done is it's uh, created some concerns about higher inflation. And that was then coupled with, of course, a number of central banks already discussing quite extensively the fact that there'll be reining in some of their stimulus and start tapering their bond buying uh, you know, in coming months. So I think all of these factors have contributed. New South Wales released details of its uh, roadmap out of COVID today. No quarantine for returning Australians uh, that have been double vaccinated with that list to grow. To what extent that helped travel stocks today and how much of that has already been priced into the sector? Well, well, the news of the the new roadmap, basically with uh, no quarantine from the start of, uh, of of November in New South Wales, was certainly well received by travel stocks. So we had Flight Centre, Webjet, Qantas, corporate travel, all managing to lift. But really, the improvements in those stocks and, and that uh, whole travels and transportation space already started a couple of months ago in the middle of August. Um, yes, we had you know lockdowns in places like New South Wales and Victoria, but I think the market has also been focused on the high vaccination rates 
it's the fact that we hit a number of milestones a little earlier than some had uh, anticipated and hoped. And then some of these businesses have also been doing quite well overseas in places like the US and Europe. And uh, they've had a bit of a recovery there. And I guess markets were thinking that eventually this will happen here in Australia as well. But it's not just that travel space, of course. I mean, uh, there are other areas that have generally done quite well in markets in anticipation of the reopening of, uh, of, of economies and, and states as well. Uh, a certain clothing and fashion retailers. I mean, I've been in my pyjamas most of the time, Ricardo, for the best part of a year, unless I talk to you, basically. So, you know, we've already seen um, uh, those certain uh, sectors and certain stocks that, uh, you know, might have something to do with, with fashion and clothing retail, uh, jewellery retailing as well, another area. Energy stocks have generally been quite well supported uh, as well. Uh, toll road operators. I mean, these are some of the areas that have done well. And even dental clinics, of course, they've been hit hard as well during the, the pandemic and um, you know, only emergency um, uh, visits for, for the most part. So these are some of the areas that could benefit in, in coming months. Stephen Dagley in there from Comsec. Don't forget you can listen to SPS On The Money, the podcast across uh, a number of platforms, including the Apple Podcasts platform and Spotify. Just search for SPS On The Money. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.